You're listening to The Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. The wizard was standing on the radiator grill. Ah! Yeah, further clarification for the Blues, the Robert Thomas wrist injury was suffered game six of the Western Conference final against the San Jose Sharks. That would have been the clinching game at home right before the Stanley Cup final. Back on 590 The Fan, Midday Grind. Martin and Chuck here till 1. Text topic, people chiming in. Marty No Tech says, we will read those. Whether you love the weekend, didn't love it, the Albert Fest, too much or just about right. Charles, what say the textures? We have a lot more texts coming in, and we'll go back in time here, as I've missed a few of them. Flip phone Let's go back in time. says, Blues won the Cup, so who cares about Albert? We're so sorry. Uncle Albert. But we can have more than one good team in town. Like, the Blues and Cardinals, they could, in theory, both win the championship in the same year. That's okay, right? I think they're basically saying nothing matters. Right. Nothing matters. Splashback Deuce says the Cardinals just posted yet another Pujols post. It was great having him back in town and all, but let's move on for crying out loud. It is an off day, so they're going to probably use this off day to kind of put the bow on the uh, Pujols love fest for the weekend before they start this series tomorrow with the A's. 314, I was there Friday and Saturday. The standing O's were cool and fine. The annoying part was once fans were standing, they stood for the entire at bat. Tim says, Oh, come on. You can stand right. for an at bat. It's Tim, like Frank's rock concert on Saturday. He said he realized by going to a younger band, which Train and Goo Goo Dolls are not exactly real young, Frank said he realized he had to stand the whole show. He's used to concerts where everybody stays in their seats. I don't like that either, though. Stand for the good songs, right? Stand like once every six songs for the really good ones. Sit down for the other ones. I'm with Frank on that one. Tim says too much. Somebody else from the 618 says too much. Friday was fine. Saturday was okay. But by Sunday, it got old. Danny Tanner from the 314 says response was fine. An extremely unique moment in sports. Good to take note and bring positivity to it. Uh, the Angry Cabbie, it was pretty cool to see Pujols and show him respect. It did get a little beefy by Sunday night. Someday there's going to be a statue of him in front of the park. Well, if any Cub fans were online or their friends were texting, mocking the return and saluting him, just remember their love fest for David Ross, okay? 100%. This, this is Albert Pujols. You lost your mind over David Ross. Uh, Marty and Charlie, this guy usually sends these in Spag's voice. I don't think the Bowie of, of Bebo Mill, I don't think this is a Spag's text. He said, I believe tributes to Albert were awesome. Great job by St. Louis Cardinal fans showing appreciation for the greatest Cardinal player in my lifetime. I'm 57 years of age. Best 11 years I ever witnessed by a Cardinal. And then, so here's, here's one of the sarcastic ones. Triple Lakes Club Pro says, well, we missed the playoffs again this year, but hey, Albert hit a dinger off of us. But again, the Cardinals did take two of three over the weekend against a team of of kind of similar ilk, right? I mean, the Angels came in around 500. The Cardinals were around 500. Now a couple games, whatever they are, three games above. I'll check the standings here. But the Angels, they're not the Marlins, right? So you take two out of three. And again, in a long baseball season, you had the Albert Pujols weekend. You still won two out of three. We can still critique the team and how they need to get better. Overall, they've been solid the last couple weeks. Haven't played the greatest teams in baseball right there in the division. I th- I still think, though, know, you want you want to see them make their push here. 
play like they played in, in April, and, and maybe add a piece as we approach the deadline to, to put them up there with some of the contenders, legit contenders in the National League. Mike Schild also said he thought that the visual and some of what happened could actually be used to lure free agents. Do you believe that? Do you think there is some residual where people around the league, players like, yeah, that is, if you're a big league player and you saw what played out, you're still going to go for the biggest dollar. But don't you think other players, colleagues, peers of Alberts around the league probably thought, God, that's pretty cool. Like, even though it gets mocked and a lot of people say too much, it's stupid, I think people in the baseball world were thinking, that's pretty cool. People that play the game. I think... If you have a situation where it's, for example, a tie, if the money's about the same, do you want to play in a city that loves baseball? I, I think that's obviously a pro in St. Louis's column. But I think this also, it always gets back to winning. And that's where I think, we talked about this a lot with Jason Hayward when he said the aging core. Well, he was right. And he, he went to the Cubs, and at that point, the Cardinals were on a downswing, and the Cardinals... Uh, excuse me, the Cubs were on an upswing, and he said that, and it got a lot of play, but he was actually right. If you look at when the Cardinals made their run of five straight postseasons from 11 to 15, and you had some of these great players come here at the end of their careers, like Lance Berkman, Carlos Beltran. Remember 09? I mean, I know you're coming over in trades and all that, but Holiday comes over. You have John Smoltz entering uh, the 2009 Cardinals. And it was a place people wanted to play because every single year, They were a legitimate World Series contender. The last three and a half years, that has not been the case. So I think if you add a great baseball team that's maybe a player away from winning a World Series, plus the great atmosphere of the best fans in baseball, I think that's fantastic. But I don't think they're going to come here just for the fans, right? I mean, it's got to be the money, and it's got to be a team that's right there on the precipice of doing some big things. And while the Cardinals have been a, what, 84, 85, 86-win team the last three and a half years, they haven't been that team that they were from 11, 12, 13, 14, etc. Yeah, I think, to Mike Schultz's point, it's a nice thought, but it's probably a really, really small percentage of what would lure what would lure somebody here. But, yeah, if you made it to the World Series this year and then next offseason are adding players, for sure, that's going to have a lot more cachet. Appliance Discounters, one of our great sponsors, they've got seven locations. You know what, Charlie? They've added. They now have, Remember, it was always six? At the trade deadline, they added They, they added on. Because I think, and John and Denise were saying, are we buyers, are we sellers? They said, you know, we're going to add on. Seventh location, that's the one serving the Maplewood, Richmond Heights area, right off of Cleed Station Road, Deer Creek Plaza. And that particular location is the one that has the art of appliance, unique, bold colors for your appliances available at that location. They're also in Webster Groves, South County, St. Charles, Baldwin, Fairview Heights, Illinois, City of St. Louis, seven different ones. Find them online, the appliance discounters. Dot com. They have the biggest names in the appliance world at the lowest prices. It's that simple. Theappliancediscounters.com. One of our great sponsors here on 590 The Fan and on the Midday Grind, Coveted Hour. All right, Chuck, on Friday, I believe big topic was beard or no beard. Jess vetoed the shaven look. Any progress there? Will you go back to a beard at any point? Did we have a consensus on the text line, beard or no beard? It does seem to be the in thing, so you now are going against the trend. Now, are you saying beard or no beard just for me or overall? No, as, for you. Well, we made it into a, a text topic. I think right now it's more in than out in terms of the rest of the world. Grow the beard, Chuck. Are you are you being guilted back into the beard by the missus? I, I told the missus that, again, because we have a vacation coming up on July 13th, 
I don't like to shave. I hate shaving. Martin, we've talked about this many times. It's a fascinating conversation that you shave every day, even when you're off. I'm the exact opposite. I hate shaving, but I also think, and you've said this before about your dad. You said growing up, your dad, his main look was a beard, right? Everybody knew him with a beard, yes. So every once in a while, if he goes clean shaven, it looks a little different. For me, I feel like my main look should be clean shaven, and then I go to the beard, let's say, two months out of the year. But if you So it's strategic. It for, but well, I'm just saying, if she was that disappointed, then do you go, oh, well, I guess I'll grow it back. I don't know. I, I like more of just kind of the uh, the stubble look. You know what I'm saying? Like the lazy having shaved in a couple of days. I think when your beard gets to be a little more legitimate, it's actually kind of annoying and itchy. So I just like right now, a couple of days stubble. Nobody pulls off lazy, quite like That's Chuck. That's right. Um, also making news over the weekend, and it was our buddy, Andrew Kaufman, KMIZ out of Columbia, Missouri, had Gary Pinkle on his Sunday night show, and Pinkle said that he's actually now having treatment again for his lymphoma. When that first came out in 2015, late in the year, it was after the protests and all the drama down at Mizzou, and all of a sudden he's re- resigning, retiring, and there were some conspiracy theories out there that, A, he was forced out, which he continues to say, oh, my God, that's nonsense. And I think in some circles, they might even say, is he really sick? And I'm like, yes, you don't, that's not something that gets made up. But he looks remarkable. He's 67. I mean, he looks like he's about 42. He could kick... Most of our behinds, oh, for sure. thousand percent. He's always looked, he's always been a little intimidating, but always looks like he keeps himself in great shape. Ruby-esque a little bit, right? Yeah, Tough. kind of that intense. Intimidating? Yeah. Don't, doesn't say a ton, but when he says something, those words carry a lot of weight. He's 67, but he did announce or, you know, mention it, I guess. Not that he announced it, but he was on the Sunday sports show in uh, KMIZ and said that he had to have cancer treatments for the first time in four years. He said, but that, and, and I watched some of the clips, as only Gary Pinkle could state it to, you know, we'll, we'll get those treatments, I'll be fine. You know, like he, it was not, he was not there looking for anybody's sympathy or support. He was just, matter of fact, giving everybody an update. So he said the first time in four years, he's actually had to have treatments for that lymphoma, but he said he was told all along that that was part of uh his prognosis, I guess, but an update from Gary Pinkle from our friends in Columbia. And I got to tell you that I just look at Pinkle and I'm like, I want to find out what is he doing that I'm not doing, Chuck, to look that he's, good? He's eating clean. Okay. He's working out a lot more than okay. you. Okay. So you're saying eat clean. Probably has great genetics. He was a, workout more. a college football player. Okay. So there's no hope. And he's words. around athletes all the time. If you're right. around athletes and they're constantly in the weight room, I'm sure his office is probably near the weight room, right? Pretty easy to walk there and, and get a lift in. You know, you you bring up Pinkle, and I never thought that – you talk about conspiracy theories. Now, he, he told everybody that he got that diagnosis earlier in the year, in the summer, and he was going to coach, obviously, anyway. I did wonder if with the protests, was that kind of the perfect storm with with the cancer also – for him to call it quits then. I just, what I always wondered is, if you had a better season there and you didn't have the protests, was his illness manageable to continue to coach past that year? I don't think anybody said, oh, he's not really sick. You know what I'm saying? But was it something that he could manage because clearly he did his final season? What he had said, though, at the time was that before the season began, he said he met with Mac Rhodes and said... 
Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what's going on. This is going to be my last year. And that's the part that he has stuck to and said that 100% happened. I told Mac Rhodes when this season's over, I'm done. That's the part I think some people, in very, very small circles, where they say, oh, wait a minute. I don't think doubting that the man has an illness is thought by many people. But I, I think there's a handful out there that were real conspiracy theorists. The part that people didn't want to, I think a bigger portion said, did you really tell Mac Rhodes you're quitting for sure? Or does the AD say, let's get to the end of the year and see how you're feeling. Let's get to the end of the year, see what it looks like. But with all of the stuff that went on, you're right. Perfect storm. Now is the time. But he says that's not the case, that it was predetermined before the season. Right. And I and I believe that, and I certainly believe that even more so now when you when you hear that he's still dealing with the treatments. I think what led to even more of the tinfoil hat conspiracy theories was the fact that, look, if he announces this before the season, it's obvious, right? And then you have the protests. But remember, the timing of it was you had the protests. It's all anybody was talking about locally and nationally. And you have the team then basically, what, threatening to not play a football game. It was a huge national story. And then the timing right after that was, this is my last season. I have cancer. And again, it just, the timing it was it was one of those, and I've said it before, but perfect storms are just kind of, it didn't seem right. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of weird, and they're not connected in any way, but Pujols and Pinkle both serve as reminders that, like, the exits are rarely perfect. Like, his exit after doing a great job building up the program, I mean, they went to a lot of bowl games, a lot of NFL players. He did a really good job for a long time. But the ending was kind of messy and unfortunate, and a lot of people were mad about how he handled the protest. A lot of people were like, get out. You supported the players when you shouldn't have. He was in a weird spot. He even tried to explain it, and then that got real clumsy. So this kid over here is starving. He's dying. And people are like, oh, he's not really starving. He's not dying. But now the legacy can be honored and remembered. Are they building a statue for him, or they've talked about building a statue. I think TJ is, is designing it, I believe. For he's Coach erecting Pink. it as we speak. But his exit is... Messy, sloppy. Pools' exit is a divorce. People are were people actually burning the jerseys? I've already forgotten, but I think some people did. There's always at least one guy burning a jersey. But rarely do you get to just kind of walk away and have a pleasant ending to what could be you know, like a storybook run. You get to walk away on your own terms. That doesn't happen too often. And what has Tony LaRusso said a million times? What's what's one of the hardest things to deal with or the hardest thing to deal with? It's that legacy player at the end of his career, this Hall of Famer, and whether that was part of it with Ozzie Smith, I mean, we've seen this all the time. Bill Belichick always says it's much better to get rid of the great player one year early than one year too late. And look, you deal with this all the time, and a lot of franchises do. It's just it's a tough spot when it's one of those legendary players. And we've talked about that a little bit with Adam Wainwright, and maybe in the next couple of years, I don't think Matt Carpenter is on the same level as Wayno, but uh, I think that could be similar as you see guys kind of on the decline. And that's where I'm saying, look, we loved, we loved the weekend, but I promise you, the last couple years, I saw the number. I think Albert's missed basically a season's worth of baseball games. When you're in the National League and Albert's, Albert's production declined the last four or five years and he's still making whatever he's making, $24 million a year, I promise you a lot of people will be complaining about that deal. So that's that's where you can kind of have the best of both worlds. You got the first 11 years, great years, World Series, MVPs. He got paid. 
you don't have to see the player on the decline. And, and as an organization, you're able to sign all these guys, Wayno and Yachty, and get picks and get Michael Waka, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the love fest wouldn't be there. We'd be taking calls every day. Hey, what should they do? What do you do with Albert now? What do you do with this contract? There's no doubt that that would be. And I think even in the immediate aftermath, after signing with the Angels, a lot of people said, boy, that back end of that deal, ooh, you don't want to. I mean, I think everybody was aware of that, that it could have been ugly. So if you don't leave, you don't get this tremendous return. So to quote Chuck, perfect uh, storm, perfect storm, perfect storm, the timing of it all. And the fact that, you know, eight years has gone by, I think everybody's, for the most part, over the exit. And now you can move on and get back to playing some winning baseball, Chuck. 40 and 37, you did say they're three over. They are, in fact. Right there. Three games over. Nine and five over the last two weeks. They have won three of their last four series. And the only one they didn't win is they split with the Marlins. Going So they have been playing. Doesn't feel like it, but they've been playing winning baseball. So, So that's my question then. Do you think when we have the, the cardinal conversations, not talking about Albert Pujols, do you think we're being fair or are we being overly negative? Because in the last couple of weeks, they are playing better baseball. They're not playing the greatest teams in the league. But, but also, I just think this plays into the last three and a half years of where they've been. And fans want to see something different. And it's just it's not a year where after the season, when you have your postmortem, you can't go to the fan base and say, we're in it to the final week. That is not okay this year, right? And and right now, they've put themselves in that spot where it's it's basically a coin flip. Like right now, could you say definitively, like would you bet money either way? The Cardinals will make a wild card spot or the Cardinals won't make the playoffs. To me, it's a toss-up, and that is not a good spot to be in if you've been in that same place the last three seasons. And what happens in a season where they acknowledge, all right, it's not good enough anymore. But we've kind of said that. They've intimated that in the last year and a half, but yet they haven't changed the model dramatically. The Goldschmidt trade was huge, expected to be a game changer in terms of the lineup. I still think he'll get hot at some point, but they did make some moves, but not overly bold. They still don't do too many crazy deals, don't extend themselves and do anything totally crazy. What I think is weird is, the six games they lost at Wrigley, you, you've, you're 0-6 at Wrigley against the Cubs. If you had just gone 2-4 and four in those six games, not exactly a high watermark, but 2-4, and four, you and the Cubs right now today would flip and have the exact, they would have your record, you would have their record. You'd be sitting at 42-35, and 35, they'd be sitting at 40-37 and 37, just by going 2-4 and four in those six games at Wrigley. It doesn't work like that, Chuck. We can't go back in time. And flip those games, but to me that those games right there, we'd be talking differently about this team right now. That zero and six just sticks out. And remember, if you do go back in time, remember when the Cardinals did have the best record in all of baseball, and they're twenty and ten. They swept the Dodgers team that's running over everybody, and they swept the Cubs at home. So they're capable of that type of performance. But you've also seen some of the guys who were just gangbusters offensively for a while. Like, think about that first 30 games. Paul DeYoung was playing, especially offensively, the best baseball of his life. Remember how good Colton Wong was offensively that first month? Jose Martinez, Dexter Fowler, on-base percentage off the charts for that first, let's say, couple months of the season, the first fifth of the season. And now you've seen a lot of these guys come back to earth. Matt Carpenter really hasn't gotten hot all season long. 
Paul Goldschmidt has good home run numbers, but overall OPS, he's not that 900 OPS guy that we've come to expect from Paul Goldschmidt. So I do think these guys are going to come around, but uh, it needs to happen quick because you don't want to see yourself five games back at the trade deadline. Are you looking for something fun to do with the kids? It's summertime. Get them out of the house. Here's a really cool thing. We've been telling you about this. It's the second annual St. Louis Sound Competition. It's coming up Wednesday night at the Sheldon Concert Hall. Great venue, and it's basically America's Got Talent, but it's the St. Louis version of that. And at the end of the night, our lucky winner performer is going on to Nashville for a night and day, a day night at a recording studio. So these are local musicians looking for their big break, Charlie. And I'm going to be very nice. You already scolded me not to be like a Simon Kyle I'm going to wear, wear my nice clothes that day. I'm going to be in good spirits. This is Wednesday night. Really cool event. And uh, last year, we had hip-hop. We had rock. We had jazz. We had all different types of music being represented. Uh, Kevin Johnson is the music critic, Post-Dispatch. He was part of the panel. We actually have... I'm not one of the judges, okay? I'm the Nick Cannon. That's all I am. I'm merely hosting at this event. Or Brian, of Brian Brian Kilcoin, I think of I think of Nick Cannon. Brian Dunkelman, you Brian said. Brian Dunkelman, one year there with uh with American, American Idol. Idol, they decided they didn't really need him and Ryan things kind of worked out for Seacrest. But Decent. the point is, it's a really cool event and it's raising money for Heal, which brings music to the inner city and it's put on by Will DeWitt and the Sheldon, you can get tickets at thesheldon.org. The concert hall is the venue on Wednesday night. St. Louis Sound Competition. A lot of fun, great music, and I think you will have a great time. So hopefully you'll join us on Wednesday. Speaking of America's Got Talent, did you see the latest kind of viral clip of the guy that went up to America's Got Talent? You know what I'm talking about? I, I just saw it on Twitter. I did today. not. So Simon Cowell's there. Rocky, who are the other judges? Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. And I'm not sure who. Is it Gabrielle uh, Union? Yes. Sounds okay, right. Gabrielle Feels Union. like it's changed a lot. It is Gabrielle There's Union. There's one other woman, I believe, but that's not the point. So anyway, this nerdy <laughs> guy, I'm talking about judges. This nerdy guy goes up there, and he's just kind of dressed like a nerd. He walks up there, and he, like, presses a button like a karaoke machine. And on the monitor, it's, it's a karaoke song, and it's tequila. So he stands up there for what? two and a half minutes and all he has to say is three words because at three different times in the song he just says tequila <laughs> so everybody else is kind of laughing and he's he's selling it really well because he just kind of looks with this nerdy face and tequila. he's just waiting and you know in between each tequila is like 45 seconds yeah and is, then, he, is he trying to spoof them oh or? i don't know he's trying oh. to be funny and it was very funny apparently it's mel b and heidi klum Mel B. Okay. I thought Gabrielle So Union, the former I, Spice Girl. I thought she was on. I thought Gabrielle Union was doing, a sh was doing a show. She looks like Gabrielle Union. Both very attractive women, so I apologize. But Mel B from the Spice Girls. But it's a funny clip. You should check it out. And all he does is say tequila. Three times. So there's a certain genius to that. He doesn't really have to perform. Right. Even all Simon Cowell at the end was laughing and cheering because, again, in a two-and-a-half-minute clip, and you know how in karaoke you can kind of just see the time counting down? Like, it would say like five, four, three, two, one. He says tequila, and then it's another forty-five seconds before he has to. Say so, it did again. they pass him? Did he? Did he I, advance? I or it. we don't know. So they may have just laughed and said, yes. "That's cute, that's fun," but you don't have talent. It was funny though. So check it out on the on the net web. Uh, also, this hour it's presented by Offenberg Hyundai. You can find them in O'Fallon, Illinois, the original Hyundai dealer in this area. It was back in nineteen eighty-nine. OffenbergHyundai.com is where you can find them on the web. Pre-owned vehicles, always a great selection on the lot. Cars for less than. 
$10,000. And if you're in the market for a new car, go for a test drive in O'Fallon. Highway 64, Greenmont Road is the exit. Make sure you stop by. Tell them you heard Martin talking about them for, I don't know, the last 10 years. Great cars, great service. That's what Offenberg Hyundai is all about. And congrats to the U.S. women's national team. Moving on at the World Cup, they take down Spain. 2-1 was the final. They're going to meet France, the host country, quarterfinals on Friday. You'll see that game on Fox and a bit of a controversial goal. We saw it play out here. Megan Rapino with the penalty kick. That's the winning goal to make it 2-1 U.S. advancing. The call in the box. Borderline? Appeared borderline. Rocchio said no because, right, it was in the box. It's yeah, a really I mean, close call that I they mean, awarded the penalty yeah, kick on. Yeah, and it was they. I hate when teams win only on penalties, and the other team gets an actual like goal in play and everything like that. Oh, they although it was pretty much just because of a bad pass from Sauerbrunn. But nonetheless, that's kind of a it's kind of a sucky win when you got to do it on a really really ticky. But we're call. America. We don't apologize for anything, Rocky. But it was a no, never. borderline call. I just feel like look, I'm not soccer guy. I want America to win, obviously. But a one-one match, it wasn't like she was guaranteed going to score on that foul. And then they reviewed it. All I'm saying is to win on that did not seem 100% fair. And I think that's fair. Right? 2-1 the final. The hard line will probably break it down. I'm watching Rammer watch the game at the Kirkwood Brewer. No, I'm, that's why I'm saying they might break it down because I can actually see Bob Ramsey watching the event. He's got a USA flag draped over his shoulders. He's saying, ole, 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 ole. I they're, believe they're that we just won. Ex- exchanging shirts, I believe, in the Kirkwood Brewhouse lobby. All right, Chuck, I'll do better tomorrow, I promise. You were fine. A little off about? today. You can have 10 bad minutes, though, Listen, per hour. It's a Monday. I've been saving them up. After a after an emotional weekend with Albert, with all the drinking, of course, you know, Monday it's hard to get going, all right? Tuesday Albert and all the drinking. Yeah. You know, all rolled into one. Hey, the hard line is coming right next. Congratulations.